Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey everyone, we're bringing the Goth Ninjas here in just one second. But before we do, I have to tell you about Omaha Steaks and their limited time Father's Day offer that dad is going to love, love, love. When you go to omahasteaks.com, enter the code liberal in the search bar and save 55%. For $79.99, your summer sizzle pack for dad will include four naturally lean top sirloin steaks, hand carved and aged 21 days for tenderness and flavor. Oh my God, I'm getting hungry just reading these things. Four boneless chicken breasts, four gourmet jumbo franks and kielbasa sausages, a package of all beef meatballs, four perfectly browned potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, and an Omaha Steak signature seasoning pack. Dad's going to get all of this delicious food, plus a pound of steak cut bacon. This amazing gift is ready to be shipped straight to Dad's door in time for Father's Day for $79.99. These packages come flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and delivered in a cooler with dry ice safely to his front door. All backed by Omaha Steak's unconditional 100% money back guarantee. It's a simple, delicious way to treat Dad this Father's Day. And don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com right now and type liberal in the search bar to order the summer sizzle pack for Father's Day today. That's omahasteaks.com and type liberal in the search bar. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Gerald Ford dead today at age 84. Uh, a little sadder. All right, all right. Gerald Ford dead today at age 84. Sounds good, good. Okay, what now, what now? Uh, now let's do one for if he's shot. Well, what are the chances of that? We're, we're just covering contingencies. Tom. I mean, it just seems like Gerald Ford... Look, not look, gonna... look, look. You're the one who wants to spend the whole winter in Barbados, okay? All right. No, we got to get ready. We got to be ready with something just in case. All right, Tom? All right, all right, all right. Gerald Ford shot dead today at age 83. Uh, add the word senseless. All right. Gerald Ford shot dead today at the senseless age of 83. <laughs> um, uh, all right, all right, all right. All right. Gerald Ford dead today after jumping out of an office building senselessly. It's a nice touch. Uh, okay, moving on. All right. Gerald Ford dead today from an overdose of crack cocaine. Good, good. Next. <laughs> 
All right. Tragedy today is former President Gerald Ford was eaten by wolves. <laughs> he was delicious. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. You know, speaking of Rachel Maddow, she retweeted me today. I just thought I'd mention I was retweeted by Rachel Maddow today. That's all. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, June 18, 2020, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Oh, hi, Rachel. Thanks for retweeting me. Keep the faith, Bob. Day 1,246 of the Trump crisis, 138 days into the 2020 presidential election, uh, they can't hear their sound today, but I'm going to play it anyway. It's the Goth Ninja. It's Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker.com, also at sexyliberal.com, along with all the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. And David T. Rex Ferguson, fresh off of his guest appearance on the Start Me Up podcast with Kimberly A. Johnson and her Virginia of Manicide. It was so fun. You can find uh, you can find we David, were just you can find David at uh, patreon.com slash the T Rex Report. You're always welcome to interrupt your own plug, David. <laughs> okay, so we're in this position again. Just a little bit of a, uh, a show note here, where I don't have my sound effects computer, so I'm having to play all of my sound effects off of my main computer. So you guys won't be able to hear anything, which is great because then I can play secret sounds that only I and the listeners know about. And then you two we can still hear them. <laughs> you can hear your headphones because you play them so damn loud. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Stop whining. Almost, Stop whining. Almost as loud as Stephanie's who I can actually hear her headphones from my house. <laughs> when standing in the yard. <laughs> yeah. I noticed when I started in radio at the FM station. Yeah. That all the jocks, or all the DJs, kept their headphones super loud, and then would all be like, "Man, I'm going deaf. I can't hear you. Sorry. What'd you say?" And I'm just like, "Hmm, <laughs> wonder why? Yeah, I see why? a connection here. I don't have to project my voice as much in order to hear myself. It's a weird thing, but you want to be able to hear the full mix. Anyway, this is boring everybody. So I'm from the NPR school of get close on the mic." Oh yeah, speak very yeah. softly. Well, I'm from the yeah. morning zoo yeah. school. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So where I, are we starting today? There are so many things. We yeah. Need to talk about. Well, let's start where with the starting? the revelations from John Bolton's book. I think we'll start there. And I, I feel wanna... like John Bolton deserves a, a donkey braying sound every time we say his name. <laughs> well, I gotta say, just because Bolton is an a hole doesn't mean he's necessarily a liar. And I include that True. word necessarily in there as a qualifier. I mean, he could be. I just haven't mm-hmm. seen many cases in which, oh, yeah, there's John Bolton lying again. It right. seems like these mm-hmm. are things, these revelations in the book, the bombshells in the book, especially the ones that we're hearing about now. I mean, there could be lots of others when the book actually drops. But the mm-hmm. ones that we're hearing about now... There is the not only the patina of truth, but when it comes to the China revelation in which we found out through John Bolton's book confirmation that Donald Trump asked for election cheating help from President Xi of China. Uh, but of course, China, we already heard about that. And who told us about that for the first time? When did we first learn that China was tasked with helping Donald Trump get reelected? We heard that from Donald Trump himself last yeah. summer. 
right? Back in August when he was asked about the entire quid pro quo with President Zelensky in Ukraine in which Donald Trump was trying to cheat in the 2020 election by extorting uh, military aid to Ukraine. And he stood out in front of the White House in the midst of chopper talk and said point blank that he asked China to investigate the Bidens. That's what. And so when John Bolton talks about that, of course, we know we know that already because we heard it from Donald Trump himself. So that gives a little bit of a a leg up in terms of credibility for uh, for John Bolton. The thing is, is if if the book is untrue Donald Trump can sue for libel right but the problem is he would have to be deposed he doesn't want to do that I mean it's like and they can't stop it because it's already been vetted through you know whatever classified people you have to vet anybody writing a book Mm -hmm. after they come out of any administration so that's already there's nothing classified that's in that book so if he's lying then sue him yeah, I well, would love to go to those depositions. He's, ar- he's already got Bill Barr working on that. I mean, he's not working on the lawsuit. He's just working on a way to end around using the Department of Justice based on, oh, everything, everything I say to John Bolton was classified. And so John yeah. Bolton is is breaking the law by revealing no. this classified information. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, no. I, I don't. I just do. We right. have to keep calling it the Department of Justice with Bill Barr and, and <laughs> Attorney General. Well, you, good point. Yeah. How about it's a DOJ, Department of Jerks? <laughs> there, you go. there you go. And you know what? I guess one of the things that, that, that aggravates me about Bolton is that the House... By the way, wait, wait. Tried- De- Department of Jerks might be today's title of the show. <laughs> yeah, just, just letting you know in advance. Okay, please proceed, T-Rex. I just, you know, Bolton was like too good for the House. Like the House subpoenaed him and he refused. But then the mm-hmm. Senate didn't ask him to the ball. Right. And he was mm-hmm. just like, you know, standing there with his pumpkin and his mice or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I just but, feel like it's too little too late. I mean, all this salacious stuff is going to sell him a bunch of books, but where was he when it would have served the country? Well, that that is absolutely true. And that is something that we have to reconcile. That's something that John Bolton will have to live with because he absolutely could have made a difference if he had testified mm-hmm. during the impeachment proceedings. Absolutely. But at the same time, that doesn't make what he's reporting false or unimportant. Right. I think it's all important. But then because- he's got the, the cheek to go after the Democrats for yeah. not mm-hmm. doing enough. And it's like, dude, yeah. Well, that's John Bolton. That's the that's the rat just, fuckery uh, that's endemic to most Republicans. They've got to, any chance they get, they got to rat fuck the Democrats. And that's part of the problem. I mean, this guy didn't step forward. He didn't testify when he should have in defiance of Donald Trump. Instead, now, fast forward six months or whatever it is, and he's blaming the Democrats for not going far enough with the impeachment. Mm-hmm. Could have been nice if the you know former national security advisor had blabbed a lot of this stuff so the Democrats even knew that uh, Donald Trump asked Turkey for help with the election too. Mm-hmm. And and I want to make sure that the word cheating or cheat is always used in this context. Anyone who's saying, well, uh, Donald Trump asked China for help in the election. No, it's Donald Trump asked China. Donald Trump asked Turkey. Donald Trump asked a bunch of different dictators, according to this book, to help him cheat in the election. That's what Donald Trump was doing. Donald Trump wasn't looking for some sort of foreign policy agenda here. Donald Trump was seeking 
a cheat. Donald Trump was trying to figure out a way to game the system in order to help him win by attacking Joe mm-hmm. Biden using overseas investigations in the process. And quite honestly, he's doing the same here domestically by tasking Bill Barr with looking into the oranges of the investigation. I mean, that's entirely about yeah. you know damaging Joe Biden, who was vice president at the time that Crossfire Hurricane got started, right? So meanwhile... Bolton alleges that uh, Mike Pompeo, this is another bombshell from the book, slipped him a note calling Trump, quote unquote, full of shit during the 2018 meeting with Kim Jong-un. So again, all of the president's men just seem to prop him up relentlessly in public. And then privately, they're like, this guy, this guy's full of shit. And to me, that's even worse. Yes, it is. Yes. It is terrible. It's just the fact that you know that everything is careening out of control, Mm -hmm. that we have basically a shit-flinging monkey in the Oval Office, and you're just like, well, I will try to influence this and manage it, and then, well, it didn't work out for me, so now I'm going to write a pissy book. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, one these people's dereliction of duty cannot be overlooked in any circumstance. I just I, I'm furious about that. I, I can't let it go. It's oh, going to always be part of my thinking on this. That when that your country needed you, yeah, you went and curled up in your think tank or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, so, I go back to my longstanding uh, observation about Donald Trump. That Trump always makes things worse for Trump. And what Trump is doing with Bill Barr and the Department of Justice, the Department of Jerks, is to advertise John Bolton's book in a way that John Bolton never could. I mean, thank yeah. you, Donald Trump, for helping to sell lots and lots it's of true. copies of John oh, Bolton's shit. book. Meanwhile, uh, amplifying the allegations in the book by responding to him. By I mean... The guy forgets. I'm talking about Trump here. The guy tends to forget that he's president for some reason, or he he tends to forget. He forgets that we can see him. Yeah, he he, he tends to forget the visibility and the power that the presidency provides for him. And I'm talking about in a way that means he doesn't have to swing at every pitch. He doesn't have to respond to every allegation because he is. The president, there is a certain nobility that goes along with that, that Donald Trump fails to understand entirely. Certainly, his supporters fail to understand. But uh, Trump's gaffes is the header for this one. Bolton alleges Trump didn't know that the United Kingdom was a nuclear power and claims that Trump asked if Finland was part of Russia. (laughs) So My head hurts. I, I know, the president... The president thought Finland was part of Russia. Mm-hmm. Or did he just hear from Larry Kudlow that he can also buy Finland along with Greenland? <laughs> That's right. And as it's we know. It's a package deal, see. It's a package deal. You got both deal. countries together. Shut up. No, listen. Greenland. You got both countries together. I cannot say definitively because <laughs> I can't say anything. Uh. I, shit like that is just the tip of the iceberg, as far as I'm concerned. There are probably so many other things that uh, d- he just doesn't know and doesn't understand and will never, ever understand. Meanwhile, uh, according to Bolton, Trump stunningly turned the conversation to the coming U.S. presidential election. This is refer- referring to China and Xi, alluding to China's economic capability and pleading with Xi to ensure he'd win. So Donald Trump was pleading with Chinese dictator President Xi 
to ensure that Donald Trump would win. He stressed the importance of farmers and increased Chinese purchases of soybeans and wheat in the electoral outcome. So the worst negotiator in the world. He's put everything on the table. Yeah, exactly. He's come in and said, my balls are in a vice. Help. (laughs) And it's like, what is the G going to do? He's just like, well, maybe I don't like you. Maybe I don't want to get you reelected. To me, it's further example of the fact that he is seven years old and is about as good at playing poker and keeping his tells from showing as like a border collie on crystal meth. The other thing about this, obviously, is that clearly the trade war had nothing to do with, you know, trade. What we know now, what is abundantly clear at this point, that the trade war was entirely about two things. One, Donald Trump gaming the stock market. Because we've mm-hmm. seen time and time again, there have been investigations along these lines. I mean, journalistic investigations where you can coincide Donald Trump's blurts about the trade war with changes in the stock market, where Donald Trump is using that trade war as a way to send the stock market up when he wants to invest long and down when he wants to invest short. And so that's part of it. But the other part now that we're learning through these uh, revelations in the Bolton book is that Donald Trump was also using the trade war to uh, basically buy votes, to convince Xi to buy soybeans and wheat from American farmers so those American farmers would then vote for Donald Trump. And Donald Trump could say, look, all of the farmers love Trump. And that's the whole point of this. So the whole point about destabilizing the markets based on Trump's whimsy, the whole idea of bankrupting private farmers, spending piles and piles of taxpayer cash to bail out those farmers then is all in service of Donald Trump's reelection. What was I saying months ago? <clears throat> Everything that Trump does has to be viewed through the prism of reelection. Every mm-hmm. action he takes is geared toward reelection. And this book kind of confirms all of that. Bolton also said here, I would print Trump's exact words, but the government's pre-publication review process has decided otherwise. So the all the First Amendment people who are so upset about cancel culture are probably supporting Donald Trump and this effort to censor uh, John Bolton's book. I wonder if Joe Rogan's going to ta- speak out against this kind of rank <laughs> defiance of the First Amendment and censoring the words of an author and brr. Probably not. Probably not. Because you know, The thing look- is, apparently everything needs to be viewed through the lens of getting himself reelected, and yet he apparently has no plans for anything beyond that point. Right. There's been no policy meetings or anything about what they're going to do in 2020. Well, I mean, because clearly the only part of the job that he actually relishes is standing in front of people while they scream about him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, the only thing he loves about that job is watching TV and yelling at his TV, seeing what yeah. people are saying about him. Again, it's the ant farm metaphor where he's just like this little boy, as you guys are saying. It's like this little boy and he sees an ant farm. Oh, look at that ant farm. I wonder what will happen if I shake it up. Ah, I can't wait to watch all the ants go nuts. This will be great. Watch this. And he just tweets something crazy or blurts something crazy during Chopper Talk or to rally. And everything, everyone goes crazy. And he sits there and crosses his arms, leans back in his chair with a hamburger and a whatever the fuck he drinks and laughs. Diet Coke. It's the only time Trump ever laughs. A genuine laugh. By the way, have you ever heard Trump laugh? I've, I've noticed no, this for a while. He doesn't laugh. He doesn't laugh. We were talking about this yesterday, Kimberly and I, that like oh, yeah. he is... 
uh, there's no he doesn't laugh, and I bet he doesn't like any kind of music either. I bet. Oh yeah, just, yeah. Uh-huh. Gillette was making that exact observation on uh, Joe Rogan's show some time ago, where he's saying, "Yeah, I've you know I tend to not like people who have never genuinely laughed." Uh, Gillette mm-hmm. was saying. Yeah, Trump laughs when he's being deliberately cruel to someone. He he laughs in a cruel way. Like he'll chuckle mm-hmm. and go, <laughs> kind of like that. Right. But mm-hmm. has anyone ever seen Donald Trump genuinely laugh out loud? No. Like, ha ha! No. Remember like Boris Yeltsin laughing or making a, a, a Bill Clinton laugh? Uh, Barack mm-hmm. Obama used to laugh all the time. Donald Trump mm-hmm. doesn't laugh. And, and Pendulette observed that Donald Trump has no... Uh, visible appreciation for music. He doesn't like I music. Agree. He doesn't appreciate music. That uh, raises question marks. Like, well, what? what's wrong with him? What's broken inside this broken, broken man? What kinds of things, what kind of springs and sprockets have uh, blown a gasket in there? Lots, lots of well, them. He's sociopathic, and those and people that are sociopathic don't have the the capability there's something wrong chemically with them and they just don't they can mimic a lot of them can mimic stuff he can't even do that well (laughs) no he's such a weirdo and again that's not to downplay all of the other terrible things about donald trump that's just to say that the umbrella above everything is that donald trump is just a goddamn weirdo and i go back to that clip and I post it all the time and it doesn't really get a lot of traction on social media, but for some reason I always see it as being very revelatory in terms of Donald Trump's personality. And the clip is from the Conan O'Brien show, like from 2005 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was right in the height of the apprentice and everything like that. So Donald Trump was still kind of a celebrity at that point. And they wanted to, or they were trying to get a bunch of different celebrities to do this bit for them, this pre-taped bit. And when they got Donald Trump to do it, it was Trump sitting in this room with a one light and he was sitting in front of a table and there was a pitcher of water on the table and a glass sitting there. And his only job was to pour water into the glass. That was his role mm-hmm. in that bit. Donald Trump, pour water into that glass. That's all we need. We'll edit it all together with something else later. And instead of pouring water into the glass, Donald Trump just decides to take the pitcher of water and pour the water all over the table. And then he finishes what? He finishes pouring the water all over the table and gets that sort of half grin on his face with his hands down in the dick tent going, what'd you think of that? Was that funny? That was funny, wasn't it? It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's so weird. What a weird thing to do. What a weird mm-hmm. decision to make. And what a weird thing to Seven find. Year old. To find, Yeah, exactly. What a weird thing to find hysterical. Like all they've asked me to do, they've asked me to come in here to participate in a scripted bit. All I got to do is pour the water into the glass. Instead, ha, 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 watch me. I'm going to pour this water all over I'm gonna the table. I'm going to make a mess. Isn't that right. fun? Ha, 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 ha. Funny, funny, fun, fun, funny. He's now so get weird. a woman in here to clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure that's what he was thinking too, God damn it! Oh, shit. <sighs> one of, uh, according to John Bolton, one of Trump's favorite comparisons was to point to the tip of one of his Sharpies and say, this is Taiwan. Then point to the historic Resolute desk in the Oval Office and say, this is China. See what I mean? Okay. Do you see what I mean? He doesn't understand human behavior. He doesn't reflect <laughs> real human behavior. That is just a fucking weird thing to do, isn't it? 
at the opening dinner uh, of the Osaka G20 meeting in June 2019, with only interpreters present, Xi had explained to Trump why he was basically building concentration camps in Xinjiang. Is that how you pronounce the city name? Uh, according to our interpreter, Trump said that Xi should go ahead with building the camps, which Trump thought was exactly the right thing to do. Well, that's what he wants. Yeah. He wants journalist camps. I mean, really, he would happily see us all in clap us in leg irons and put us in forced labor re-education camps because mm-hmm. that's what his buddy Putin does. Yep, yep. He is a fucked, deeply, deeply fucked up man. He is a petty tyrant. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? And then suddenly, that's all I could think of right after the election. I was sure that we were going to get rounded up and sent to re-education camps in short order. It's just he's not that fucking organized. No, he can't concentrate that long. That's yeah. the only thing that saved us. Meanwhile, Bolton writes that in December 2018, Trump offered to help Turkish President Erdogan with Erdogan. a Justice Department Erdogan with a Justice Department investigation to a Turkish bank with ties to Erdogan that was suspected of violating U.S. Iran sanctions. When the Turkish leader presented Trump with a memo from the law firm representing Halk Bank, Trump flipped <laughs> Trump flipped through it and then declared he believed the bank was totally innocent of violating U.S. sanctions related to Iran. Trump told Erdogan he would, quote unquote, take care of things and explain that the Southern District prosecutors were, quote, not his people, but were Obama people. And the problem would be fixed when they were replaced by his people. Bolton notes that, quote, this was all nonsense, unquote, because the Justice Department prosecutors were career employees who would have taken the same path with the Halk Bank probe, regardless of who was president. So Donald Trump just knee jerks into obstruction of justice. It seems like that's his default position. He's describing his obstruction of justice as a way of life. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And this is a prime example of it. And I wonder if in exchange for making the Halk Bank investigation go away and by the way every time i see hulk bank uh, i immediately go to this music. <laughs> i think that's different i think that would be hulk bank not right. hulk hulk bank but you know i'm weird too uh <laughs> so i obviously he was looking for some qu- sort of quid pro quo here can you figure out a way to investigate hunter biden can you do that and i'll make the investigation into hulk bank go away and I'm, right. I'm positive that was the case. I mean, uh, John Bolton basically confirms all of that. He says that, yeah, these were all quid pro quos. These were all uh, offers of obstruction of justice in exchange for helping with the election. Oh, Jesus. I mean, talk about a series of, ro- I don't even want to call them roadblocks. I mean, you talk about Trump building a wall. Trump has built a series of walls between Americans and the ballot box in order to help mm-hmm. Donald Trump win this election. And the crazy thing is, uh, David, you were just kind of alluding to this story a little bit a second ago. The word coming out of the White House at this point is some White House staffers are wondering whether Donald Trump even wants to be reelected because it was only just this it's week. It's hard. It's a hard job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait till we get to the Supreme Court decision and Trump's reaction to that. Talk about whiny diaper baby Donald Trump. Well, I don't think he ever wanted to be president. He just wanted to win. That's right. Well, that's it. I mean, that's what he's driven. He's he's reached that goal and he's obviously looking for other wins along the way, but he's willing to pull out all the stops in order to do that. But there was a story that was out today in which, uh, as David was saying a second ago, that 
the White House isn't even prepared for 2021 as far as putting together some sort of a legislative agenda and so on. It was oh, no. only the last 24 hours or so when they started to talk about a possible maybe kind of sort of agenda for 2021. It's like it's not even on Donald Trump's plate. I don't even know why they would even bother. I'm sure Donald Trump isn't involved in those conversations at all because Donald Trump doesn't understand what happens six months from now. Donald Trump only understands what's happening within the six minutes in which he exists. It's entirely transactional where he can only focus on what's happening immediately, which is why he always makes things worse for himself because he doesn't understand the long-term ramifications and how that will blow back at him. In fact, the entire Republican Party has uh, adopted that style as well because, I mean, we see it with Mitch McConnell uh, eliminating the filibuster, knowing that at some point, Mitch McConnell will no longer be the Senate majority mm-hmm. leader because the Republicans will no longer have a majority in the Senate, and therefore the Democrats will, and they'll be able to sashay right on through those gigantic uh, loopholes that Mitch McConnell has created, uh, passing uh, additional judges. There's no more filibuster on Supreme Court nominees anymore, and we've probably got three on the slate for a potential Joe Biden presidency. So these are all things that they're not even thinking about. They're not even considering long-term goals. Because it's all about winning, 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 winning. And I had a great conversation yesterday with Steve Bennett about this exact thing. His whole book, The Imposters, is entirely mm-hmm. about this post-policy yeah. era is how uh, Steve described it. <clears throat> We've been saying that. I mean, I've been saying that for the last decade or so. The Republicans have not had any consistent policy agenda besides own the libs. Yeah. I mean, because mm-hmm. they're like, we're, they're for budget deficits and then they're against them. Mm-hmm. They're for intervention in other countries and then they're against it. Yep. They're, it's just whatever way the resentment wind is blowing uh, is which way the Fox News and Republican windsock points. And it's pathetic. It's yeah. disgusting. And, it, you know, that's one of the reasons that it's so hard for Democrats to, like, form up any kind of, like, ideological higher ground because it's the terrain is constantly shifting under their feet. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's just go ahead. I, well, I noticed too that in the comments on Patreon under my uh, discussion with Steve Bannon, there were a few people. Uh, Beth, in particular, was commenting that uh, they do have a policy agenda, but their policy agenda, insofar as the Republicans still have some kind of linkage to a, a policy agenda, they're only using that as a springboard for this post-policy series of goals to just win and own the libs. So the policy and is privatize. Not- Everything, including the air in your lungs and the rainwater. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you know, again, it's all a matter of uh, we're just exploiting these issues for the sake of uh, achieving our goals. We'll abandon these issues when they're no longer useful to us. Uh, make no mistake. You know, that's how they're thinking. These are only short-term ways to facilitate these uh, you know, transactional decisions, a way to facilitate winning elections and so on, owning the libs, finding an end around whatever controversy they're in the midst of. That's all they care about. And so, again, you will find pockets of, you know, linkage to policy, but it's not what drives the Republican Party anymore. Uh, you know, and again, you can see the contrast quite clearly between uh, and in fact, Steve was talking about this uh, as well. Or, you know, you look at the Joe Biden website and, oh, look, right there in the masthead, there's an issues page. So let's go look at all of the things that uh, Joe Biden is proposing as far as issues go. And then you go over to the Donald Trump re-election website. There's not an issues page at all. It right. does not exist. He doesn't care. 
You know, again, it's you know, no. There he's ha- there, he's half-assing everything. Yeah, and that was one of the interesting things. He's more like quarter-assing it now because he was <laughs> half-assing it before. Yeah. I wish there was a quarter of his ass gone. I'd like to see him drawn and quartered, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he's like not even responding. I mean, aides were able to get him somewhat corralled Mm -hmm. for certain key events Mm -hmm. and things before, but apparently he's just gone completely rogue and just will not respond to any cue. And they're like, does he want to lose? Yeah. Uh, But at the same, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I wasn't really going to say anything. I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, just, um, and you know, we've been saying this for years because we can watch. I mean, you can take like you know tape of Sean Hannity from six years ago and play it against tape today, and it oh, would yeah. say 180 degrees a different thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And We're in a post consistency era. I mean, that's what I've been calling it. The only don't... way you'll waste more time than trying to get moral consistency out of conservatives is turning around and saying, "Can you imagine if Obama had done this?" Oh yeah. I mean, that's just uh... yeah. Well, they don't care about that. Okay, let's talk about plexiderm here. Um, it was something I, I don't know if you guys have been noticing this as you do FaceTime and Zoom meetings and crap like that. I'm noticing all the weird shit about my face every time I turn on my video camera and see it projected back to me. And uh, I know this happens to a lot of people. You always notice the the things that are weird about your face, the bags under your eyes, for example, deep wrinkles, crow's feet, et cetera, et cetera, especially those of us who are older. Let me tell you, the cameras tend to catch everything but now imagine that the bags under your eyes and deep wrinkles and crow's feet and all that crap imagine that's gone and i'm not talking about through any sort of risky expensive plastic surgery i'm talking about gone in a matter of minutes we're talking about plexiderm here it's clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles crow's feet and under eye bags all in the comfort of your own home plexiderm goes on clear and lasts for hours so nobody's going to know that you're using it unless you tell them go to tryplexiderm.com and use my code voices for half off a full-size bottle of plexiderm plus an additional ten dollars off that's half off plus an extra $10 off or call 1-800-685-1292 and mention the code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com and use the code VOICES. That's code VOICES at triplexiderm.com. The Bob Seska Show. This is brand new to the show. This is Arthur Nassen and a song called Unglued. Brand new single. Out now, everywhere you get your digital music. Link in the description at bobseska.com. Meanwhile, if you have a band, if you're a recording artist, make sure to go to bobseska.com slash music and submit your work for inclusion here on the show. Just a couple more weeks and we got another indie music countdown for June coming up right around the corner. And I think it's going to be at the tail end of uh, my... uh, <laughs> vacation. I laugh and I chuckle and I choke on my words as I say vacation because it's not really my vacation. It's going to be a vacation for my computer, for my t- 
tech that desperately needs it. And, uh, you know, when you do four shows a week, there's really no window in there in which to fix your computer shit, to take it to the, where the nerds are and have the nerds check it out and take all the guts out and put it all back together. And so I got to do that for a week. And I'm going to do that starting uh, June 29th on through uh, the 4th of July. So just that one week. Don't worry. I'll be back after that. And uh, we'll continue with all the shows and fun and mayhem here. Okay, so this brand new song from Rocky Mountain Mike is so awesome. That's right. The baby hates the ramp. He gets too weary whenever he speaks. Freak out, he is inclined. When inclines, he sees. He needs someone to hold his hand. His style is cramped. (laughs) That's why the baby hates the ramp. (laughs) He can't handle drinking his water. It shows. (laughs) He might have had a stroke in November. Nobody knows. He can't pronounce Ulysses S. Grant. That's why the baby hates the ramp. That's why the baby hates the ramp. Oh, yeah, Rocky Mountain Mike. Another classic right there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain Mike. Holy shit. Yeah, uh, so did you notice Junior has enlisted his dad to help him promote his stupid, stupid bulk purchased book called Triggered? It's like a triggered special event for Father's Day where those two dickbags are sitting, you know, across from each other as if like both of them looking as if they're on like matching toilets. That's what it looks like. They're sitting on toilets and they're having this uh, conversation with their big shit eating grins on their faces. I, I actually I'm debating whether or not I should watch that. I don't know why. Why this would photo, I do that to just, myself? I'm looking at Trump and it just it looks like a bag of basketballs in a blue polyester liner. <laughs> I mean, it just like what is going on with his body? It's like swelling out in weird directions. Yeah. Is that like I It's mean, like a deflated it's like a like a deflated football. <laughs> Sitting on one hand, he's just melting. He's melting into the chair. None, we have not concluded. We have not conclusively proved that any of his children are literate. No, but they can read or write. No, so, I thought I she's mean, a lawyer. Didn't she just graduate from Georgetown Law? Tiffany, yeah. Tiffany, Tiffany? Yeah. Oh, yeah. good for yeah. her. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she's the normal. My name's Eric. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Eric just graduated. I got Cheerios and a Ziploc bag. <laughs> uh, Eric passed clown college with an incomplete. Somehow. Yes. I don't know how that. Yes, he did. <laughs> I don't know how you can pass. How do you graduate with an incomplete? I don't know how that's possible. He couldn't, but... he couldn't figure out how to get out of the car. Yeah. His, well, his dad <laughs> called him up. His dad called in a favor from the clown college. I said, yeah, you know what? Eric's got an incomplete, but I think you can let him slide. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Supreme Court and how <laughs> John Roberts blocked Trump's repeal of DACA today, which is fucking nice. fantastic. Now, granted, I will say this Debbie Downer caveat that it was a matter of procedure, I think, 
is mm-hmm. that's why John Roberts sided with the liberals on the court against right. Donald Trump on his DACA repeal. And so Donald Trump has already announced today that he's going to try again. It's yeah. like the only things he could get a dick, get a heart on for are like porn stars, <laughs> yeah. rallies, and pain. like fucking immigrants. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. If he causes like, pain, it gives him a giant turgid boner. That's what, not giant, but you know, you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. uh, he's really <laughs> psychotically into <laughs> fully <laughs> angry three inches. <laughs> <laughs> They say, well, he was really pissed off. So he took to Twitter. There were four different tweets that I was keeping track of that ranged from hilarious to terrifying. The first one, (laughs) Donald Trump tweeted this today. Do you get the impression that the Supreme Court doesn't like me? Nobody likes him. Nobody like nobody likes you. He's like God. Read the room, fat boy. (laughs) uh, Just for God's sake. I mean, just again, it's just like, what do people think of me? Enough about me. What do you think of me? What does the Supreme Court think of me? And it's like, do your fucking job. No, actually, don't because you'll make it worse. Well, going from the ridiculous to the terrifying. Here is his next tweet. This is a, a call to violence, basically. He said, these horrible and politically charged decisions coming out of the Supreme Court are shotgun blasts into the face of people that are proud to call themselves Republicans or conservatives. We need more justices or we will lose our Second Amendment and everything else. That's an aide. That's not him. Well, I don't know. I don't know which one it is, but it has that extra, extra poisonous, like Steve Miller kind of thing about it, or whatever his name is. Using shotgun blasts and Second Amendment just make me think of Dick Cheney. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> right, right. Well, I just, again, whenever Donald Trump's talking about shit like that, whenever he uses terminology mm-hmm. like that, I get the sense that he's kind of suggesting to his fanboys that this might be an avenue of recourse should they really get bent out of shape like oh, you've always got your shotguns and you can you can use them to make shotgun blasts or if if the supreme court is coming after you with their maybe they'll take him completely literally and just stick the guns in their mouths yeah, well <laughs> again i mean they'll drink bleach why not <laughs> still i mean it's, it's twisted at the command of their own president that's, that's what makes mm-hmm. it especially twisted. i mean even if they did that be like, okay, the president has incited his own people to commit suicide, which is kind of what we're seeing in Tulsa, Oklahoma, coming yes. up this weekend. Oh my God! And there's, <sighs> but that's I don't want to get Tulsa's public officials are like, please don't come here. Yeah, please, I know. Please don't do this. What well, do have you we seen have... the chart of coronavirus in Tulsa alone? Yes. It's off the chart. It's going through the roof. For God's sake, it's like Al Gore needs a scissor lift in order to point to the highest point at the uh, top of the chart there, <laughs> but. Uh, getting, I don't want to get the ahead of our planet has a fever. If uh, your baby had a fever, you would take it to the doctor. Sorry, this is my Al Gore. I just have to pull that out every now and then. Point to my charts. Look at my charts, and I point to my charts. Um, the DACA decision Trump tweeted, while a highly political one and seemingly not based on the law, gives the president of the United States far more power than ever anticipated. Nevertheless, I will only act in the best interests of the United States of America. Oh, sure, because he has clearly that kind of restraint. <laughs> We've seen all yes. kinds of similar restraint from the president all throughout his presidency and his lifetime, for that matter. Isn't that kind of the running theme of the Bolton book is putting his own interests ahead of those of the country again yep. and again and again? Yep. Because he doesn't know how to do anything else. Well, the way he's seeing this, I can almost guarantee you that the way Trump sees this Supreme Court DACA decision is a way to put brown people 
back on the chopping block just in time for the election. Oh, good. Now I can demonize brown people again. That's what he's thinking. No. So, yeah, so I can, again, emphasize the uh, internment camps. I can emphasize, I can do DACA all over again. So don't celebrate because I'm just going to do the same shit again. And it's going to have to work its way back through the courts. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. So I wouldn't be surprised that before the week is out, like in the next 24, 48 hours, Donald Trump signing a renewal of whatever it was, whatever executive order he signed to kill DACA. And so that's mm-hmm. that's going to happen again. And then there'll be another lawsuit. He just doesn't give a shit. He doesn't w- want to take no for an answer. And again, this is why people are still concerned over whether he's going to accept the uh, consequences of the election. So if he's prone to saying, well, I refuse to lose, so I'll do whatever I need to do in order to uh, keep winning, then I'll go, well, sure, he's going to pull some shit, some sort of lawsuit to get around the consequences of the election. People in this country will storm the White House grounds and pull the building down a brick at a time if they have to. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, are so sick of this man. mm -hmm. And I use that term loosely. He's really just kind of more of a like, a shit can with a blue polyester liner. It just, uh, did you see he was so tired of him? There's an inquisition now going on inside the white house, trying to track down whoever it was that leaked about a cracker wrecker in the sink. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever it was who leaked the fact that Trump went down to the bunker. He's really upset about that. So now he's on a jihad against whoever that was. So we'll see how that ends up playing out. It was Melania. Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, they probably like six people. Yeah, probably. probably a bunch. Of, I mean, it's exactly right. It's at least a couple of people because I don't think they would have printed it otherwise. They at least need two sources mm-hmm. for this crap. I forget exactly who was the the first uh, publication to report about that. But if it was the Washington Post, and the New York Times it had to be more than one source. So uh, let's see one more tweet from Donald Trump in reaction to the DACA decision from the Supreme Court today. He said, I will be releasing a new list of conservative Supreme Court justice nominees, which may include some or many of those already on the list by September 1, 2020. If get, by the way, it's not going to happen on September 1, 2020. He always does this. No, that'll I, be infrastructure week again. Yeah. <laughs> I've got something. I've got a big, big announcement, big news happening. I'm going to tell you all of the things, and that'll happen probably Tuesday. And then Tuesday rolls around. He's on to something else, right? That's how it always works out. But he said here, if given the opportunity, I will only choose from this list, as in the past, a conservative Supreme Court justice. Based on decisions being rendered now, this list is more important than ever before. Second Amendment, right to life, religious liberty, etc. Vote 2020. So, again, he's using this for re-election purposes. He doesn't give a shit about God, the policy. It's like the greatest hits album. There's not even anything like, I mean, it's just the same tired cultural yep. garbage. And mm-hmm. I just, I feel like it's losing its pull on people when their lives are really not great Yeah, right yeah. now. You know, he's had four years to bring all that coal, clean coal factories back and all the mm-hmm. things that he said he would bring jobs back from overseas and blah, blah. And it's just like, where have you been? Well, so- see, that's that's part of the, the national psychosis we're dealing with right now. The national mm-hmm. nervous breakdown, the American nervous breakdown is because Donald Trump is completely divorced from what's happening in the real world. So he says, okay, I'm going to bring jobs back. I'm going to bring factory jobs back, manufacturing jobs, coal jobs. And when those don't materialize, it doesn't matter because all he has to say is, 
I brought back those manufacturing jobs. I brought back the coal jobs. See, I brought them all back. You want to know how and you want to know what the proof is? It's because I'm saying I brought this all back. Right. Exactly. It's not because it's actually happening. So people are going, well, I don't have my factory job back, but you're saying that I do? What's going on? Suddenly steam is pouring out of people's ears like Uncle Fester, for fuck's sake. And That's so- the thing. The steam never comes. It never comes to a boil. I know. Like a, a Watts Trump head never boils. It's just like because it's like the cognitive dissonance never seems to quite connect and yeah, like become yeah. dissonant it's just whatever it's making them mad right now for the next 15 minutes they'll be good and mad about whatever he says and then they'll get mad about the next thing and they'll forget what happened 20 minutes ago it's fucking poison mm-hmm. it's just poison everything out of his mouth everything he writes everything he does everything around donald trump is just toxic disgusting slag it is the worst of the worst if he's reelected, we are utterly fucked Fucked in a thousand different ways. Okay, one last break, and we'll come back with more show right after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out, unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. You know, I wish uh, you guys could hear this, Jody and David. I, yeah, because this is uh, this is a bitter elegance. This is the lead track off of their latest album, "Hiding in the Spotlight." The song is called "Chasing Eden." Merlot, Jeffrey Wynn, Michael Andrew, Bracktoon. I love these guys. They're geniuses. You gotta buy this album. Every song in this album is perfect. It's one of those perfect albums where it's impossible to find a crappy track or a, a less or subpar track on the entire thing. Mm-hmm. The Bitter Elegance, one of my favorites here on the show. Uh, okay, so did you hear <laughs> Donald Trump? Can we talk about Rayshard Brooks before we go any further because I feel like we need to address that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's hideous. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the press conference yesterday. Yeah, no, no I, I haven't. But, I haven't seen the press conference. I, okay, I haven't watched so, the video either because it's got my God, yeah. my God. I can't watch the video. I haven't even tried. 41 minutes they detained the man and then somehow things went nuclear, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a scuffle and he grabs hold of the officer's taser and he fired it twice, which meant it wasn't going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. It only has two shots in it. Yeah. And the officer shot him in the back 
twice. Another yeah. bullet went into a bystander's vehicle. There was a cr- whole crowd of people here in the parking lot, you know. Oh, my God. And um, then when the man is lying there dying, the officer who pulled the trigger goes over and kicks his body. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other officer stands on him. And I'm just like, okay, I don't. I guess we have to cover this for some of y'all, but black people are not carpets. Yeah. Okay, we don't like kneel on them and stand on. I mean, just for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't. It just, I'm really heated up about this. I'm sorry because it just, it hurts. Oh, by it the way, but did, did you didn't you hear that Donald Trump is now banning chokeholds? Don't you know that already? <laughs> I think he's looking very strongly at possibly <laughs> maybe banning chokeholds. Yeah, he's gonna ban chokeholds. This little incremental yeah. thing is just. It's garbage. It's just a counter offer, and it's, it needs to be just laughed off the table. Well, it's a horrible thing though. because obviously his loophole is gigantic and renders the whole thing meaningless. If you right. feel like your life is in danger, you can use a chokehold all you want. But of course, which is how it's used now. How it's justified. Yeah, exactly. We talk about the, I mean, you're, the use of deadly force to apprehend a suspect is not okay. Like, he, he was not a threat to anyone. He was not a danger. And the guy shot him twice and said, I got him! Yeah. And uh-huh. I'm like, okay, that, you know, I just, I, I, I'm i like a fucking video game or something, or a mm-hmm. duck in a shooting gallery. And it's like, that is not justice. That is not policing. That is not serving and protecting. That is murdering and oppressing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, the it looked like the one officer, what's his name? I wrote their names down. The guy that pulled the trigger was named Rolf, R-O-L-F-E. Mm-hmm. And the other yeah. is Bra- Brosnan, the one that stood on the man while he was dying. Jesus. He's just, and they waited know, almost three minutes to call for an ambulance. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I'm, mm, mm-hmm. it, to see human life treated so cheaply well to see uh, the thing that i can't get past and no one's been able to sufficiently explain this how this continues to happen the fact that a lot of these guys and it doesn't matter if they're cops or regular people because we see this a lot with like the karens running around shouting mm-hmm. racist things um they know they're on video and they know they're going to be made famous why on earth would you continue to behave that way knowing that your life was going to be ruined and put on display uh, based on the videotape of your actions? What kind of breakage in your rationality causes you to continue acting that way, continue to either shout horrible racist things at someone in a parking lot or to choke someone out, to kneel on their backs, to shoot them in the back, Knowing that there are video cameras all around and that it's on basically you're getting broadcast nationally, internationally, like it was on live television and you're continuing to do it. What they've been getting away with it forever. That's the thing. Rodney King's abusers, (laughs) those cops got away with it. We all witnessed it, Mm -hmm. we all saw it. They got away with it. So, even I mean, you look at Chauvin's face when he's looking up at that 17 year old girl who is taking the footage, mind you. Yeah, very brave person. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's just smiling at her. Yeah, like I'm gonna get away with this because I can. 
You know, you know I, they're, they're not afraid of the, the technology. They're starting to. I mean, Atlanta PD is on a blue flu right now or something. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, but if you're taking I'm the like, day oh, off. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. You do not. I mean, they're like taking the day off of their duty as public servants in order mm-hmm. to express solidarity with murderers. Murderers and torturers and people who mm-hmm. stood on a dying man. These are Just, not good police officers. These are these people oh. are not good people. And and I know that a lot of cops that are quote good cops they're afraid, especially if they're rookies or oh, you know, yeah. haven't yeah. been around a while. They're afraid that if they do call out then Serpico it and do the right thing, that they if they are in need of backup, they won't get it. You and know, and that's that's some bullshit right there. And you know, I was having a conversation with one of our Patreon subscribers, and uh, his son is a cop and Mm -hmm. from everything he was describing a damn good cop Mm -hmm. and a a damn good cop who took his service to the public so seriously and it almost chokes me up took his service to the public so seriously that he ended up getting COVID-19 in the process of continuing to do his job and continuing to protect and serve, continuing Mm -hmm. to do the decent things that cops are supposed to be doing, which Mm -hmm. many of them aren't. And so, you know, again, I am conflicted seeing the awfulness that is on display on a regular basis now Mm -hmm. um, with the good cops who uh, don't engage in all of that shit. It's not as easy as snapping our fingers and, and making it go away. There is going to be a process of reform. There's going to be a process of reconciliation. And that mm-hmm. all is, uh, is, is underway. And I'm glad to see it underway, obviously. Uh, well, it needs to start with I, city councils and, and, and hiring practices yeah. and psych evals. I mean, that's like, so you start with the psych eval. There was an old Simpsons episode years ago mm. where this guy wants to be a police officer. And he's like, just give me the freaking gun. And they're like, you need to go now. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> I just I don't want to fill out this piece of paper. Just give me the freaking gun. Mm-hmm. Those guys shouldn't be on the police force. There's a woman apparently on t- that was being pilloried on Twitter, Twitter, uh, Twitter, um, <laughs> who p- apparently she, it looked like she was a cop, but her uniform looked more to me like security. But regardless, yeah. she was very upset. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was really, really upset. I heard about this. I haven't she seen had it. to wait to get her egg McMuffin. And, um, oh, right. you know, I was having a really bad day, you know, so I get in line and, you know, I paid the first window and they give me my receipt. So I go to the second window where I'm supposed to get my food. And, and then she, she was like, what did you order? So I repeated the order back. And next thing I know, they're like, can you pull forward and wait? <laughs> oh, my God. For, I mean, it was... for, for your consideration, Jody Hamilton. <laughs> 2021 Oscar ceremony. Don't I mean, forget. Just, don't do not snub Jody Academy. <laughs> God damn it. No, I mean it was almost that insane, but it yeah. was just like you're really upset because you had to pull over like 99 percent of us at some point ordering McDonald's food yeah. because whatever they're trying to fix for you, they don't have it. Well, so you got to wait for it to actually get cooked. And now she's worried it's going to be poisoned, but the coffee was fine. Yeah, it's well, easier to poison coffee, lady. It's really much more than throwing a switch and changing uh, the rules for cops changing the law itself it's a matter of doing that yeah but also changing attitudes that have become so embedded in Mm -hmm. the american psyche for centuries now 
Yeah. Certainly, uh, pr- certainly, right before the Civil War, Civil War itself, post Civil War period, and the then slave patrols. Yeah, and then 155 years of Jim Crow, 155 years of neo slavery, 155 years of. Uh, racial oppression, 155 years of Southern strategy politics, uh, mm-hmm. 155 years of the lost cause mythology, where the Confederacy and all the people who were responsible for secession and a civil war that killed uh, upwards of a million soldiers, whitewashing the entire thing, literally, literally whitewashing it. And so these are all the things that need to be unraveled on top of changing the law. And I hope that is beginning to happen because we're already seeing... Well, I think uh, we, we need a multi... We need new options when people call 911 because yeah. a gun right. and a badge and a ticket pad are not necessarily the tools for about, mm, I'd say, 70 to 80% of what cops get called for. Right. 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 Somehow, passing out in his car in the Wendy's drive through for Rayshard Brooks became a capital offense. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then I see like Matt Gates yelling and screaming his full head off yesterday on the house floor like a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, you, white boy, you should be so fucking glad that DUI is not a capital offense because <laughs> you would be dead five times over. Like, I just, I can't with him. I just want to, like I was telling Judy, I just want to tap him on the forehead lovingly with a hatchet. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, one of my favorite things in the world, by the way, you guys can't hear it, but I'm playing the, uh, the theme music going out of the show. Um, uh, one of my one of my favorite things in the world is hearing T Rex talk about Matt Gates. <laughs> I think you could do an entire show one of these days at uh, patreon.com slash the T Rex Report, just wheeling out everything that you've got to say, like a Matt Gates gasm. <laughs> no, nothing but just fuck like, you, Matt Gates. He's I mean, that giant forehead. I mean, he really does look like a uh, like a handsome high school football player who got left out in the sun too long. Did you the see him uh, kind of bulged outward, you know, <laughs> like his sort of caveman hit eyebrows, you know, just like, and you look at him and he's kind of cockeyed. Like he just looks <laughs> like nobody's home. Like, my name's Reverend Andrew Chucklefuck. Oh. I'm from ass fucker cousin holler, Florida. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> you didn't see him getting hit with a Slurpee the other day, did you? No. no. Yeah, he was coming out of a restaurant looking all triumphant, thought it was a whole crowd of his people cheering for him, and he's got his arms raised, he's about to get in his car, and someone chucks a Slurpee at him. Nice. Which normally I, I would that. say, ooh, bad form. But right now, man, these guys, I'm not encouraging it. I'm just saying that when someone like Matt Gates, The weather's awful hot. He needed to cool off. <laughs> they were just being nice. <laughs> David Ferguson's podcast is the T-Rex Report at patreon.com slash T-Rex Report. Jody Hamilton is at from-the-bunker.com. That is her podcast called From the Bunker. Also at the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and the entire slate of Sexy Liberal Podcast Network programs. And I think I was on the most recent John Fugelsang podcast called The Sanity Cast. I, we recorded it weeks and weeks ago, but I think it finally dropped there. Meanwhile, don't miss my interview with Steve Bannon. And by the way, did you know that Rachel Maddow retweeted me? That's exciting. Yeah, and it was it was the tweet about the Steve Bennon interview, but still, it was a retweet from <laughs> Rachel Maddow, which is always fun. Hello, Bob. Hi, thank you. Dude, living um, the high life. It's cocaine and caviar for you. No more fish sticks and fentanyl. Uh, <laughs> also, make sure to uh, go shopping through the Amazon link at bobseska.com, the all-caps Amazon link beneath the logo. 
Take to the front page of Amazon. We get a teeny tiny commission for some of your purchases. Thank you. Also, BobSeskaShow.com. Sign up for the post-mortem show at $5 a month. That's what's going to happen at the end of this music. We just keep on talking that it's called the post-mortem show. Thank you for doing that. And we'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Now, more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene because there's lots of gribblies and disgusting things trying to make us sick. We're washing our hands and sneezing into our arms. But what about your cell phone? It's a giant carrier of the gribblies. Phones are a vector for disease, and we rarely clean them. We're constantly touching our phones with our hands and even pressing them to our faces, knowing about all the gribblies that could be there. Ooh. It's time to take cleaning your phones seriously. Has it been a long week for me? Yes, it has. The Clean Phone Pro Sanitizer uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria, all gribblies that come into contact with your phone. Better than wipes and safe for your device, the Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with nine high-power UVC lights. There's a dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. You can be sanitizing your other items while wirelessly charging your phone. Think of all the gribblies you're going to kill. Or just use the Clean phone pro as your go-to charging station anytime a fully removable top means easier fit for more items and larger items too everyone knows size (laughs) size matters go to thecleanphone.com today get one for just 89 dollars and free shipping when you use the code sexy liberal all one word by the way n95 masks also at thecleanphonepro.com especially if you're in a place where the coronavirus numbers are spiking you got to get yourself an n95 mask or a whole bunch of them you can get those at thecleanphone.com today If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean. Remember to use code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, for two-day free shipping. And don't sweat it. It's going to ship immediately. That's thecleanphone.com, thecleanphone.com.